When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can we just please cut the small talk and you let me know what I'm not privy to? I don't know what imaginary world you're skipping through right now, Lewis, but you're there all by yourself. Right. So first you hand me Ross on a silver platter, then Donna's not at her desk for days. You think that I don't know that there's a power struggle going on between Jessica and Hartman? Harvey, look. I admit I haven't always been, um, well-behaved. But I can help you on this. You just gotta trust me. Lewis, go away. Suits season two, episode four is over. And if you wanna hear us talk about discovery, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino, back with the guy who leaves your spider parts tingling. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? <laughs> Rob, I'm good. I wasn't expecting you to mention my spider parts this morning. Yes, was that so okay? I mean, it, it, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they're, they're tingling now for sure. All right. So season two, episode four, <laughs> it was the return of Nemesis, Travis Tanner. A little bit of a surprise for me. Wasn't expecting Travis Tanner back in the mix so quickly. I wasn't either, honestly. I, again, I've seen this. I swear, y'all, I've seen the show, but I forgot all about him, uh, you know. And so uh, I really enjoy him as a villain. I'm sorry. He's like uh, the Joker or the Riddler. You know, he just pops up with some harebrained scheme and and gives Harvey a, a hard time for an episode or two. I like this. I, more, more Travis Tanner, please. Travis Tanner is back. We get to see Mike have a little bit of a bromance with Lewis in this episode, even though it doesn't end well uh, there's some fun stuff with mike and lewis and the dreaded dictaphone the dictaphone is back i don't think it's going anywhere and uh that's unfortunate because i'm so tired of saying the word dictaphone the true villain um, of season two is the dictaphone yeah season two and possibly beyond unless somebody gets rid of that dictaphone it might be here to stay mm-hmm. um, rob i was going through the discord uh channel and post show recaps yep. about suits and I uh, I did see some feedback. Well, I saw some questions about the show. And I have one for you. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. How do you feel about the theme song? Do you ever skip it? I almost never skip the theme song. I only skip the theme song if I am like 41 minutes away from recording with Chappelle. So <laughs> <laughs> almost never skip it if I can help it. It's 30 seconds. It's a bop. Yeah. I love it. So we got some feedback from Alex B in the Discord about how they f- do not like the theme song. Why uh, not? It says, because uh, my first reaction, of course, would be like, no, that's that's an incorrect opinion. I, I don't like I, I love the theme song. It's actually it's very catchy. It means nothing. And I and I appreciate it. 
But Alice B says, I think I've realized what I hate so much about the theme song. It starts with and and continues multiple loud inhales of breath. And Rob, I listened to the theme song and this person is breathing very, very deeply. I can never unhear it. I think he broke the theme song for me. He broke the theme song even more than the nonsensical lyrics of get another piece of pie for your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's it, look, it's really is anybody hard even to married ignore. on this show. No, maybe no. Anyway, look, it's really hard to ignore the, the, the breathing now. I can't unhear it, but it also kind of feels like some, was it uh, ASMR now? Like, oh. It's annoying, but also like turn that up a little bit. I kind of, I hate it, but I hate it so good. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Rob. I was just trying to get your opinion on it because I think I'm obsessed with the theme song even more now. I'll see if I can check it out tomorrow. Yeah, so. they're breathing deep, Rob. All right, let's get into all of this. And so um, should we talk about the Travis Tanner of it all? Because I think that this is the one where based off of like the cliffhanger we get at the end of the episode, it seems like that there could be some long-term ramifications that come out of this where Pearson Hardman could be in trouble. Okay, yeah. Like I said, I love the Travis Tanner content. I was shocked to see him back, but I am very excited to talk about it with you. Okay, so we're going to see the return of uh, Travis Tanner, and he is uh, back in to reopen this case about CM Motors, uh, that there was like a wrongful death. Harvey represented CM Motors, that there was uh, this case where uh, a man crashed his car. Harvey uh, Harvey went to great lengths to sort of like disparage this man. And now Travis Tanner has reopened the case. Yes. Uh, so there's something going on with the hoods of the car, it seems. And I guess Harvey was, you know, doing his Harvey thing where he makes he makes things go away. And uh, now it's starting to look like maybe Harvey was on the wrong side of history. And also with some of the stuff we've seen in season one in the finale of season one, maybe there's reason to believe that Harvey could know about some of this evidence that's now popping up. You know, Harvey has a track record of being accused or being involved with some shady dealings at the DA's office. And so it seems like more of that is involved in this episode. It turns out that according to Travis Tanner, he says that there's an internal memo that said that CM Motors knew about this defect and that ultimately that the wrongful death claim was legitimate. And so he wants to stick it to CM Motors, but he also wants to stick it to Harvey. Yeah, I mean, it's Travis Tanner. That's his thing, right? He really wants to beat Harvey. We're, I'm starting to notice that as a pattern, too, here in Suits, that a lot of these people have grudges against, you know, the law and about different things that are happening in their life, but a lot of them also just don't really like Harvey to be right and to get away with stuff. And so Travis Tanner, he's made it his life's mission to take him down. Mm-hmm. So because... Travis Tanner wants to beat Harvey. Now Jessica is going to be talking to Harvey about this and make this lawsuit go away. We can't let Daniel Hardman find out about this because if he finds out about this, this is going to be a major issue. So don't tell Daniel Hardman. Yeah, don't. Nobody can let Daniel Hardman know what's going on because we know that 
he is probably lobbying to get Jessica's position as senior uh, senior partner, manager, you know, person. Uh, and so with that man having the one of the controlling interests in the in the company. Yeah, this will re- look really bad on her part. Uh, so Travis Tanner is, of course, va- vowing that he is going to win this case uh, because Frank, the person involved in the case, was a substance abuser. Um, so Harvey thought that, you know, like, Obviously, this was Frank's pro- uh, problem, his issue. But there was an internal memo that showed that the car company had known about some defects, uh, which Harvey should have known about, and he might have known about as well. And so now they want $46 million, and Pearson Hardman is getting sued as well for fraud. Mm-hmm. So Harvey is telling Donna, like, hey, did you know about this? Did you have it? Did you see these documents? She's like, yeah, I like, I saw the documents and I just didn't give them to you. What kind of question is that? And so Harvey sends Donna to go look f- through all of the case files to go see if there's anything that's out there. And it seems like that this is just like a wild goose chase for Donna, but we're going to find out at the end of the episode that actually that Donna did sign off on this document. This was a huge blindside to me, Chappelle. Oh, yeah. They hit us right in the solar plexus with this one because we have been trained to believe that Donna can do no wrong. Donna's perfect. Donna's always right. Donna has Harvey's back 100%. And this is maybe the second time where it looks like maybe Donna does have some flaws because we saw that she did... um, keep that evidence at the DA's office and, you know, just to protect Harvey, obviously. But now it's looking like something might have slipped through the cracks. And it, all of this might be Donna's fault because if she had that information and it wasn't given to Harvey, then yeah, Pearson Hartman is definitely involved and culpable for this fraud case. Because the whole thing with Travis Tanner is that he's trying to link the stuff with the DA's office from season one of that Harvey Specter buries evidence and isn't like a honest dealer. And now that he's trying to make that claim. And then this is a case where it seems like that there actually was this memo that was out there and they just missed Mm. it. And so this could really be terrible for Harvey. Yeah. Harvey is catching some L's here. He gets fired from the from the case in general by uh, I guess uh, the guy's name is Kemp, and his new general counselor Lasker. They're like, uh, Harvey, yeah, you can go because this is starting to look really bad. And Harvey's like, okay, fire me, cool. Because once you fire me, you know we no longer have that attorney client privilege, and I can start to throw you under the bus a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Travis Tanner and Harvey's relationship is like. Very, very clear to everyone that Travis Tanner has a personal grudge against Harvey as well as, you know, a professional one. And like you said, that the stuff at the DA's office making it look really bad for Harvey and a very easy target for Travis Tanner. Yeah. And for Donna, this is I don't know how where where this is going to go. And I'm very interested to see, will Donna come forward and tell Harvey about this in the next episode? What's going to happen? Because Harvey thinks that that Travis Tanner forged this document and he like confronts him at the end of the episode and says basically like, you know, this is another one of your, you know, shakedown tactics. Like, I never thought you would do forgery. He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't forge anything. Maybe you would do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. We know Harvey would not. Or would he? Right. So now we're seeing Harvey would go with like a piece of paper and say, I've got the internal memo right here. Right. There's an internal memo that came across my desk, slams it on the on the table, but never lets anybody see it. I took off my windshield. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. What lengths would Harvey go to to save Donna? I think that's really the question here because, uh, yeah, is Donna going to come forward and say, yeah, Harvey, remember that thing I told you I definitely didn't screw up? I screwed it up. And if he does, does Harvey say, all right, Donna, you're dead to me. You're out, you know, or you're taking the L for this one. Or does Harvey try to clean up that mess? Maybe Donna is being framed. Who knows? But I think that this definitely throws a wrinkle into our normal suits, you know, formula. Our suits formula is Harvey deals with an issue. By the end of the episode, it's kind of handled. And Donna helped in some way a lot of times. This time, Donna might be the bad guy here. Right, because that where we talked about Suits going back to the original like Nothing But Netflix episode where we talked about what we were going to do, that Suits is described as competency porn. Donna, how could she miss something like this? Donna doesn't miss documents. Exactly. And so maybe something was up. Maybe there's an issue. You think it got then, planted? Uh, I don't know. You know, we also heard that Donna and Harvey or Donna had an, a relationship before in the past uh, that was potentially Harvey that didn't go so well. Maybe around that time, some feelings got misconstrued. Maybe there was some, it got cloudy. Mm -hmm. Maybe she made some mistakes when her emotions got involved. Who knows? But I think that this definitely gives us something a little bit uh, more interesting to look at in Donna's uh, storyline. Sarah Carradine actually reached out to me and told me uh, that, you know, she really appreciates that Donna is getting a lot of agency in these uh, these episodes when, you know, we talked about it last episode, they were pretty much minimizing Rachel's impact on the show. You know, she went from Rachel the baddie to, you know, oh, uh, Rachel who can't live without Mike Ross, you Mm -hmm. know? And so even though it's bad content for Donna, I still like that it's interesting, you know? All right, Mike, we're going to talk about what he's doing with Lewis in this episode, but Harvey needs to bring Mike in and to be working with him. And he assigns Mike to be going through the case files. There is a funny moment that happens where uh, there's the guy... Harold, who is in this episode. I mean, Harold has a storyline where he is uh, talking to Rachel or like obsessed with Rachel. I don't know. There's like some weird stuff that shows up where sometimes like they have scenes with Rachel that are sort of like a beer commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, look how sexy she is. And then the guys are like, woo. <laughs> but she's unbothered and they're doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Yeah. It was giving very much like a Miller Lite vibe. Yeah. And Harold ends up walking in on Mike and Donna in the supply closet. Donna has to make it look like that they're fooling around because we can't let anybody know that Donna and Mike are going through the old files. Well, that and seeing Donna potentially fooling around with Mike Ross in the office was enough to distract Harold from even seeing the files. Like Mm -hmm. once he saw Donna's hair all disheveled like that, he didn't see anything else. Uh, and so, yeah, this is uh, it's very odd. I think this episode is kind of trying to undo what you said was happening in the last episode, which is, you know, they really made Donna. I mean, uh, Rachel looked like somebody who had no self-esteem, who didn't know how like she didn't know how desirable she was. And now they're trying to remind you, like, no, she's, she's a baddie and she's smart and she's desirable in the office. And a lot of these associates would want to be with her. Uh, this guy, Harold, is saying, hey, do you need a stapler? Do you need a stapler? Do you need a stapler? Come to find out she's got a desk drawer full of them because he's probably like the fifth or sixth associate who's tried that move. <laughs> is that the move you bring Rachel a stapler? I mean, Apparently if you look not. in her drawer, yeah. it's full of staplers. And yeah. so it, it, it might be the move people are trying, but it's not the move that's working. Rob, do you think this is because, you know, people know that her and Mike Ross are potentially just like had a thing or is this just 
a normal day in the life and times of Rachel Zane. So do you think that more guys are hitting on Rachel in the office because that there's rumors that a boy, if she'll talk to Mike, like, I guess I've got a shot. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Maybe it's, it's not even that if she'll talk to Mike, but maybe it's, you know, we know she had that embargo on dating people in the office. Mm -hmm. And now there's a rumor that she dated somebody in the office. So it's like, Oh, all bets are off. Yeah. Maybe season. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, he, he gets involved in this storyline with Harvey that he gets the information for this woman, Sarah Layton, who was some sort of like inspector at uh, CM. And she had discovered, I guess, something or stopped writing reports about a car on the day that this particular vehicle got launched. And so Mike thinks that there could be something going on here. So Harvey goes out to go see her. And we find out that she listened to the boss of CM Motors. She never put anything in writing. She found this defect. They fixed it in the future cars, but they didn't do a recall on the cars that had existed. Huh, yeah. And that's that's the problem. You know, uh, Sarah Layden, she caught the defect, but... You know, just removing the ones that were in production doesn't help if there's already people out there driving these cars. And so now it looks like that CM Motors very well knew about this defect. They let it happen and that they are the people who are, you know, should be punished for this uh, this death, you know, because it was the hood of their cars that's defective. And so Harvey's so angry at this, as he should be, uh, because also Travis Tanner has been following Harvey. He knew he was going there, and he made sure that Harvey heard those exact words, so now Harvey has to report it. It's like, how do you, does it feel to know that you represented a murderer? And Harvey's like, damn it, you got me. You mm -hmm. know, this Travis Tanner was on his ass on this episode. I appreciated it. Mm -hmm. I, I like Harvey to have some opposition. And now you'll be disbarred. You need to go tell everybody. You have to go mm -hmm. self-report. Yeah. And, and instead, Harvey's like, no, I'm just going to go beat that man up. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he does. I mean, I feel like this is kind of like a borderline assault that Harvey goes to the head of CM Motors and then basically like gets him like in an arm bar up against the hood of the car. And he's like, <laughs> see this? This is what a real front end feels like. Not like the yeah. one that you put in that other car that killed a man. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? How Harvey is like, I won't go outside the law to do things, and then every other episode he's like, I'm gonna go beat somebody's ass. <laughs> yeah, we talked a little bit about how in season one Harvey was a little bit all talk about how I'm gonna kick, I'll kick your ass, like that. You better believe it. But we have seen him, we saw him take a punch, which we didn't think that mm -hmm. he would do. And now we see him like, uh, you know, getting this guy who's not exactly the picture of vitality, but, you know, like just like, like knocking him into a car. Right. Yeah. Harvey, Harvey has no clue if this man is like carrying a weapon or something like that. He's a brave individual. He went up to fight this guy because he's like, look, I can't figure out a way to make this work. So you're going to make it work. You should feel guilty that you did this. And you know he Harvey didn't fraud the court. So he needs uh, Lawrence to pay the people and make it go away. Um, and if not, he would force him to make it right. And mm -hmm. so Harvey has basically just said, you know, you're playing with my life at this point. And so we're going to make this go away now. Yeah. And so... Harvey does get the guy from CM Motors camp to agree to pay the settlement, but Harvey's not going to let Travis Tanner have the win. He's going to like deliver it himself to Smith and Devane uh, to go around Travis Tanner. 
Right, because Smith and Devane is where um, where uh, I guess Travis Tanner works right now. He's right. He's the senior, the new senior, I guess, uh, VP or whatever, senior partner, I guess, over at Smith and Devane. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's that's when he tells Travis Tanner, like, I know you forged this. I know this is your document, X, Y, Z. And Travis Tanner's like, no. But, you know, with those dirty dealings you have in the DA's office, um, let's let's just bring that up in front of the courtroom and see what they think. And so he still wants Harvey's head on a platter. Like, this is personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harvey thinks that he is bluffing, but is a little bit like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is interesting. But if he's not. All right. Right. So, all right. Let's bring back the Mike and Lewis of it all, because this is ultimately how uh, these two stories are going to intersect. We see where Lewis is trying to like get in Daniel Hardman's good graces here at the start of this episode. Daniel Hardman is not so interested in Lewis. He's more interested in Mike Ross all the time. Right. And I wonder why. Right. Does he just know that there might be some type of connection between Mike and Harvey? Is that what he's trying to do, Rob? I don't know. I think that he seems to just realize that, okay, Mike is a smart kid. He likes the cut of his jib. You think he likes the cut of his jib? I mean, Mike is a smart kid. He is very smart. And I think uh, in the last episode we saw maybe Daniel Hartman got a taste of that. And so he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I can utilize this guy. But that's bad for Lewis because Lewis wants attention. His goal here is to try to ingratiate himself with one of the partners. Mm -hmm. And if it's not going to be Jessica, he needs it to be Daniel Hartman. So he really wants to get on his good side so that, you know, if there is a power play to be made, he's in a good position to do it. Yeah. Mike's in a pretty good mood uh, considering the events of the last episode where Harvey like went behind his back and like went to like stick it to the nurses and took the information about Mike's grandma. But uh, Mike is like feeling like a pretty like joking around with Harvey at the start of this episode. Yeah, this is a problem, though. So Mike Ross, who has gotten very comfortable, has decided to talk trash about Harvey's music collection once again. And He's name dropping pop artists that he likes, uh, you know, the Jonas Brothers, Hanson, Selena Gomez. Um, very tacky, very tacky, Mike. You, you're in the presence of greatness and you were just name dropping random pop stars. It's not the same. Well, he's making fun of that. My, Harvey has the record of the spinners. Right. And it's like, okay, Mike, if you don't know the spinners, just say that. But you don't get to talk trash about the spinners without being punished. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate Harvey for making Mike pay the piper for this. Because um, Lewis Litt does need Mike Ross. Daniel Hartman said, I, I, I'm interested in Mike Ross. Bring him to me, basically. Yeah. And Lewis doesn't have that kind of access to Mike. But Lewis tries to invoke the the bet that he lost to Harvey not too long ago where he bet uh, he bet to use uh, Mike Ross for, I guess, what was it, two weeks mm-hmm. or something like that. And then he didn't need him. After he beat him in that case, Lewis was like, I have no no use for Mike Ross. So he he let the bet go. But now he wants to double back, back, <laughs> double back and get Mike Ross, uh, you know, for help. And Harvey, who normally would not help Lewis in his way, he's so annoyed with Mike that he's like, no, nah, you can have him. Yeah. Well, he needs him to work on this case of the battle of liquid water versus Durham Foods. And so Durham Foods is slamming liquid water with this lawsuit because that liquid water has a slogan where that they put the IQ in liquid. Yeah. Durham says that that's a lie. You cannot say that your water makes people smarter. And so uh, if it puts the IQ in liquid, that's deceptive. 
That's false advertisement, and we're going to sue you for it. Durham also has a water brand because um, they're a food company, uh, and their water is disgusting <laughs> per uh, Lewis Litt. And so he's taking this as a personal attack. Not only are they coming for his preferred yeah. water brand, but the audacity of this small company with this horrible-ass water. This is one of my favorite things in this episode is every time that Lewis is just roasting the Durham Foods water brand and how bad it tastes and all the different problems with it. I, I thought this was so funny. No, he is. He is sick of them. He's like, I will take, do whatever it takes to take them down. And that means I need all hands on deck. That means I need Mike Ross. Mike, you need to be prepared in times of war. Privates do not question their commanding officer. So he wants him to work from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. No questions asked. He will not be having sex of any kind because he, it weakens his legs. Is that and an issue for Mike right now? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Mike, Mike not in a relationship, but I'm sure if he wanted to, uh, you know, try to pursue other means, I think he could, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they bring in the lawyer for Durham Foods and Lewis is having like a really nice conversation with him. And then uh, Mike comes in and then basically they give all of these uh, different, uh, I, I guess, what, what are they like? other counter suits against them. Um, And Mm -hmm. the guy from the Durham foods is like, I thought we were settling. And Lewis said, the only thing that's settling is the sediment at the bottom of your putrid water. (laughs) He hates them so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He's burying them in paperwork. Uh, So they will basically not ever be able to pursue this uh, settlement because they got to deal with all these motions. And so Mike thinks, Oh, yeah, this will make them squirm for a day or two. And then, you know, they can come back and hit them with a settlement that they can't handle. But Lewis wants to take this to trial. I'm telling you, this is personal. He's not like Harvey where he's going to try to make this go away. He wants to punish Durham Food for even attempting to come after IQ Water. Mm-hmm. So Liquid IQ. <laughs> liquid IQ. They bring liquid water. <laughs> they bring in the, uh, a guy who is the VP of market research uh, for Durham Foods. And they're getting him to give like this statement on tape. And Lewis just keeps asking him like, uh, all right, so admit it. Your water tastes like poop, right? <laughs> the lawyer's like, we don't have to answer that. It's like, but you do. You do have to answer that. You won't say it on. You won't say it on record because you know it's true, <laughs> and you won't deny it because you'll be perjuring yourself because mm-hmm. it tastes like shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the lawsuit was just to hide that their water is inferior, and so Lewis calls the VP of Market Research and asks him how he felt. Like, oh yeah, well, you know, I feel like you might have been doing this because you've been getting passed over for some jobs potentially. Maybe your company doesn't see the value in you. Maybe you are jealous of the way that other people in the company seem to move up and get positions that you deserve, that you so rightfully earned. And it sounds like Lewis is talking to himself, Mm -hmm. but this speaks directly to the VP of marketing and he just crumbles. He's like, oh, yep, you're right. You're right. That's it. It's me. I'm Lewis. Lewis is me. And I am pissed that I have not gotten the the, accolades I deserve in this country. I can't get a raise. And people keep looking at other people like they're better than me. I needed to take them down. It was me all along. And so, yeah, Lewis cracks the case. He cracks the case. And Mike is like, oh, my God, Lewis, that was so awesome. It's so cool. Lewis, you're the greatest guy ever. And they're really, like, getting into it. Like, uh, Lewis then starts trying to give a movie quote. And he says, uh, if I can't win, I won't run. And Mike is confused. 
Apparently that's from Chariots of Fire. I haven't seen it either. But it was just like, we're, do- we're doing the thing, like the movie quotes, like like you and Harvey. He's trying to make the Chariots of Fire happen. He's trying to make the quotes happen. That's the one with the song, right? There the is a song, song, notable song. They're like runners. Yep. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't know any quotes, but I know them right running in slow motion in that song playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at these movie references. I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. I don't get any of them. That's okay. TV references is more your bag. That's my thing. Now I think, and now I feel like I got to go watch some of these movies. I should, you know, I'm sure someone's keeping track of the references. Patty, wherever mm-hmm. you are, I know you're listening to this. I'm going to go in, y'all, and start watching some of these so that I can understand the references. Okay. Well, if something becomes a nonstop reference on Suits, we might have to stop down for a day and do a movie recap. Oh, my God. You would do that? That's perfect. Thank you. I would do that. I would so appreciate that. Yes. Oh, man, Rob Stopper, you're the best. Okay. All right. So... Um, look, Mike and Lewis, uh, they're having a whole bromance. Uh, it just turns out though, that now they did too good of a job. Lewis, it's at Durham foods. Their financials were soft. They are declaring bankruptcy. Yes. Um, and now they will be in the line to make this, uh, this trial happen basically for weeks. So Mike says that the other products are up for grabs and basically they can advise liquid water to just buy the company. And we've seen Mike try to pull this move before. Um, Daniel Hartman eventually runs into them and he, and Mike even covers for Lewis, um, saying, Oh yeah, they've been working on this for weeks, even though we know they just started it. Um, and I think this is when, oh yeah, this is when Lewis kind of catches on that, that Mike is helping him out, but also that Mike has been working with Harvey at the same time. Yeah. He's been hiding something. And, uh, Lewis doesn't like that because he's supposed to have exclusive access to Mike Ross at this time. And Lewis confronts Mike about some things and is like, uh, I, you know, I thought that, you know, you really were not going to enjoy working with me. Uh, and Mike is saying that, yeah, I did enjoy working with you, Lewis. And he thinks that Harvey poisoned the well against him. And yeah, but that's not the case. Yeah. Stop playing. And Mike says, okay, Lewis, uh, can I tell you something? And I loved it where Lewis is like, yeah, I can keep it real. Yeah. And he's like, so yeah. in regards to any relationship between the two of us, this is your fault. Like, make no mistake. Mm-hmm. Lewis, this was you. Yeah. And Lewis tries to say like, no, but you were doing, you were doing the thing. I had to, ca- I had to catch you. You stole my client. And Mike makes a fair point of like, well, would you want to be friends with somebody who's doing all these things to you? Yeah, he sabotaged his relationship with Jenny. He blackmailed him with a with a drug test. He's ru- basically ruined his relationship with Rachel as well. Yeah, Lewis, this is you. There's no water mm-hmm. under the bridge, but Lewis just doesn't get it. He's just kind of like, "What? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Move on. That's yeah. this is childish. Grow yeah. up." The only water under the bridge is the disgusting Durham Foods water. Tastes like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So when Mike and Harvey, they're, uh, they go back to Harvey's office. Lewis is sitting there and he's like, I know something's going on. Tell me what's going on. And he, they don't give him anything. Lewis leaves, but he leaves something behind. The dictaphone. The- the dictaphone. He put the dictaphone right on the table and hit it so that he could spy because he still wants more information about the power struggle going on between Jessica and Daniel. And so uh, um, he also, you know, when he checks the recording, so he hears Harvey and Mike discussing him and Mike actually defending him and telling Harvey that he was kind of harsh toward Lewis. 
Um, and that, um, you know, although Harvey feels like Lewis can't be trusted, Mike tries to explain to him that he just wants to be just like Harvey. Now, I don't know if that helps Mike in any way, because I'm sure if Lewis wants to be like Harvey, he doesn't want Harvey to know that he wants to be like Harvey. I don't think that's what he wanted to hear. Yeah. Also, I think that Harvey basically says, like, that's pathetic. And Mike says, yeah, I know. Uh, and I think that, <laughs> that also to hear Mike agreeing with Harvey's assessment, I think that that's really why Lewis is so pissed at the end of the episode. And Harvey mm -hmm. says, like, look, if we say anything to Lewis, he's going to bring that right to Daniel Hardman. That's whose office he's going to be in. And sure enough, by uh, the next scene we see Lewis, he is in Daniel Hardman's office to tell Daniel Hardman. He comes in, Daniel Hardman, to Harvey and Jessica. And then this is like such a Suits thing of that we get that, okay, Daniel and Jessica, like, they're going to tell Daniel Hardman, right? They're like, they just decided that they're about to go tell him. Yeah, pretty much. Just like you know, Mike was going to go break it off with Jenny. And it's like, just when somebody like is like, I was going to, I'm going to go reveal the big secret. Like somebody else like swoops in to steal it from them. Yeah. And Daniel Hardman is pissed. He comes charging in about this lawsuit. He is so upset. Uh, he's like, Where when are you, you planning on off? telling me this? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Why? And, and he's making valid points. Like, yes, Daniel Hartman, they hate you and they can't trust you. But this is still your company. Your name is on the door. You know, you're, the company is getting sued. Y'all are about to, he says, y'all are about to allow your distaste of me to mess up the firm. And he's not wrong. You know, Harvey's getting sued for fraud. They're getting sued. And someone should have told him. But, you know... They they just narrowly didn't get a chance to. And I guess for some reason in the Suits world, it sounds better if it's coming from you than it does from somebody else. But Because I, I think he'd be mad regardless. Yeah, he's pissed, but he says, okay, we need to fight them together. He's trying to give them the chance to redeem themselves in the way that they have never given him the chance to redeem himself. And so... Jessica says they don't have a, uh, a choice but to trust them at the moment. Uh, but this is bad because they're giving Dave Hartman the moral heart high ground. He really feels mm -hmm. like somebody who, and I, I mean, we've watched a ton of TV shows, so we can tell like Dave Hartman's not a good guy. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But he's making them look like bad people themselves. Hmm. So we get one more scene with Mike and Lewis. And of course, Lewis doesn't reveal to Mike that he listened to the dictaphone tape. But... We see Mike is like excited to see Lewis and Lewis is now suddenly called to him. Yeah, he's mad. And Lewis is like, well, you don't forget anything. So I don't forget anything. You want to bring up old stuff like the drug test and me ruining your relationship and your best your relationship with your best friend and the love of your life and all this other stuff. Then I'm going to never forget about this, that you said mean things about me behind my back. Mm -hmm. So there, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Mike and Lewis together. They were cute. It was precious. It was for a fun. It, yeah, it felt like it felt like Mike was actually talking to somebody who would show gratitude to him for stuff, and Lewis was looking for somebody who would hype him up. And so they were working. It, they were working in tandem pretty well. You know, they're kind of feeding off of each other's energy. Whereas with Mike and Harvey, it's more like Mike is making Harvey look good, and Harvey's you know feeling really good about it, and never telling Mike about the good thing that he does. Uh, Lewis felt like he had a partner in crime here, and that was kind of fun to watch. Okay. Harvey 
ultimately is going to go after Tanner. And that's right before we see that Donna finds the uh, internal memo uh, that says that the CM Motors knew about the defect in the car. So Rachel comes in and is like, Donna, are you okay? You look like you're sick. She's like, I think I am. Yeah. Could you could you just leave for a second while I try to figure out what I'm going to do with this document that I definitely should not have in this folder? Mm-hmm. Rob? You know, that's the end of the episode. But what do you think here? Do you think Donna just screwed up? I mean, I didn't think otherwise, but now you're, you know, putting some thoughts in my head. You're poisoning the well against Donna. I'm not poisoning well. I'm just asking because, you know, like I said, prior to this, we've never known Donna to mess up. Do you think this was like an earnest mistake or is this something more, you know, kind of nefarious, like in a suits realm? Or maybe is this a fake document? A fake document that got planted in the case files, like, I wouldn't think so, but, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, anything could happen. I'm just saying, we've seen stuff like this happen before, where there have been memos that appear that aren't the memos that they think they are, and that we've seen drug tests that mm-hmm. are not even drug tests, or even background checks from three years ago. I, look, I'm holding out hope that, you know, our girl Donna is still flawless, as she has been t- uh, prior to now, but it does not look ga- great, I will admit that. Okay, who gets the Liddy in this episode? Not Donna. Not Donna. Uh, yeah. Not Lewis. I don't, think Harvey, I don't think Harvey should get it either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I go outside the box here? It depends on how far outside the okay. box you want to go. One. Maybe. Okay. We could go still in the Pearson Hardman world of maybe Liddy for Daniel Hardman. I can't do it. Okay. Can't sign off All on right. that, man. All right. What, what, he, what has he done? Liddy for Travis Tanner. You know, you know, I'm a sucker for Travis Tanner. I don't know what to tell you, man. I can't give it. We can't I mean, give it to Travis Harvey. Tanner. He's evil. He is, but he's evil. Can we get, is everybody eligible for this? I mean, who, you want to give a Liddy to Rachel? She got her groove back. She did get her groove back. She did get her groove she back. She got another stapler um, from Harold. She wasn't crying about Mike Ross. Yeah. I, look, some some people have to be exempt from getting this. I don't think Daniel Hardman or Travis Tanner can get him, but I think I think Rachel can get this. One. Okay, I think this is a first Liddy for Rachel. All it, she look, has to do was bar, not be uh, pining for Mike. The bars in hell, you know. Mm-hmm. Just just go LSAT. to work. Yeah, yep. <laughs> just go to work. And uh, and not cry over Mike Ross, and I and I give you some cool points for that. But yeah, this was a bad episode for a lot of people. It wasn't a, was it was it was it a bad episode for Lewis? I think that ultimately coming across like as petty as he did at the end of the episode, I thought was a bad luck for Lewis. Yeah, because okay. Mike not really did like him. Yeah, not the best. What about Mike Ross? Mike Ross can't have it. <sighs> I guess Mike could be in contention for it. You don't sound like you're thrilled about Mike getting the Liddy here. I don't know. I just feel like that he's part of like the team that like uh, slipped up with, you know, admitting things on the dictaphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not great. Mike would not be worthy. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Look. For me, we could give it to Rachel, but I can, look, I can turn this to a poll again. We can just ask the listeners. If you are listening to Suits Yourself and you're following us at Suits Pod or in the Facebook group, I'll put the poll out there. You let us know. Should Mike Ross or Rachel Zane get the episode for, I mean, the Liddy for this episode? Uh, yeah. And then uh, let me know in the comments. Do you think Daniel Hartman should ever be eligible for a Liddy? Because <laughs> yes. I, I really want to take that into under advisement. Okay. One of the things I've noticed here in season two is that I feel like that we did not have this library set that we use so much. Do you know what 
talking about? Like where Rachel is mm-hmm. with like the ladder. Did they have that set in season two? Because I feel like that they, they did not use it very much at all. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that was a season one thing, but it's now here in season two, and we've seen a lot of it. This half of this episode was in that library. There was a lot of research to be done, and so yeah, I think maybe we're expanding our budget a little bit more, yeah. adding some set pieces. I like it. Okay, all right. So we got an email from Patty who does tracks Queen. so many things. And she said uh, that she got our memo about tracking the Liddy. So she set up the first three seasons, okay? But she says that we didn't pick out a Liddy for the pilot. And also, we didn't do one for season one, episode 10. Okay. Season one, episode 10. Which episode was that? That was... Season one, episode 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was probably Harvey for uh, ultimately getting the case with um uh the that he got the guy out of jail that wasn't episode 10 was it oh is it oh i'm sorry that was I, you sh- know i'm thinking 10 is the season finale okay so no season- the shelf life shelf is life. the one that's yes, ep- yeah that, that's episode 10 uh i think we can give it oh because this is when harvey has to fire that accountant right the cpa and mm-hmm. mike ross is running around like it could be me and I'm, you know and lewis founds his uh he, he he gets need in the uh and beat up by that woman in yep. the in the yeah yeah let's give this one to harvey just off the basis that mm-hmm. lewis got beat up and then uh mike ross was in hell that episode yeah let's give it to harvey yeah okay give one retroactively to harvey there you go right uh, what about the premiere do, for the pilot I don't yeah. know. Mike Ross has got a career as a uh, as a lawyer. I guess so. That he that Mike didn't do anything. Uh, he gets out of the bad life that he was in. He gets a job at Pearson Harbin. So give Mike a Liddy for episode one. Yes. All right. We caught up. Okay. And then the, uh, thank you, Patty, for that. We got one other <laughs> piece of feedback. Go to suitspodcast.com slash feedback. You can leave us comments on any of the episodes. Lindsay says that you were talking about the bar exam in season two, episode two. I have a fun fact about law school. If you graduate from Marquette University in Wisconsin, it is the only school you do not need to pass the bar exam to legally practice law. It's called diploma privilege and is an alternative to the bar exam. So, boy, uh, Mike Ross could just say that he or Rachel could just go to Marquette University. Wow. Wow. I, first of all, I was today years old when I learned that. Also, considering going to Marquette now because I don't want to mm-hmm. take the bar exam. Uh, but no, I, I was today years old. See, we're going to learn so much here about the legal world, Rob. After this, I might become a paralegal. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. that could be how we got it all started. It could be a funny like conversation like over, you know, you're at the law firm one day. Like, how did you become a lawyer? I was like, well, I was doing a Suits podcast. And then I found out about right. the whole Marquette University thing. Yeah, RHIP. Rob has a paralegal. It's me. Mm-hmm. I'm him. All right. <laughs> we appreciate your feedback and your star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Go to suitspodcast.com. And the Facebook group uh, is really off to the races. Harvey mentions yes. Facebook in this episode. Harvey mentions Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We have a Discord. But you you can be a part of these things, too, by following us on social media. Uh, make sure you add the Facebook group. Is it it Suits Yourself? A Is it a re... Was it a... Suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. And then uh, yeah. you just, that's the easiest way to get there. The easiest way to get there. Suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Check us out over there and then join over the conversations. Members. 
over 100 members, a few conversations talking. We were discussing whether or not we think uh, the actor who played Mike Ross and uh, the Duchess herself, Meghan Markle, are still friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Patrick Adams had an Instagram bio now that his uh, his Instagram bio, look at Patrick Adams, 3 million followers. Jessica Frey flagged that his Instagram bio is now the guy from that show you're watching on that app because that girl married that prince. Is he friends with that girl still? Yes or no? That's all I want to know. In real life? I want to know if he was, yeah, I want to know if Patrick Adams was at the wedding. You know, or if they pop in every now and then for tea. I think that a lot of the Suits cast did go to the royal wedding. You think so? I you think, think so. Adonna I think I've seen pictures there. of like, uh, oh, the suits I think they had like a table or something. Yes. Mm. No, see, that's this, this is the content I need. I need to know what they, what they did yesterday. I'm sure we'll get you know, that like, in the are Facebook they hanging group out? now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you? At SuitsPod on Twitter and at Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with season two, episode five. Take care of a good one. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.